cow. It starts saying Merry Christmas. Have your, um, have your Bible open to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Well, it's funny that Rihanna mentions uh, Facebook because um, every year at uh, this time of year particularly, Facebook encourages its people, is that the right word? Its slaves, maybe? Might be a better word. Its subscribers uh, to put together a year, year in review video. So in other words, it provides you with a software to put together uh, using pictures and from your, from your feed and all that sort of stuff. And you can put together a nice little summary video of your year. But they also put together a, a bunch of images, uh, a video of their own, that takes the, the most popular and influential stories of the year and puts them all together as well. So um, I want to I show you this video, but the one for 2016, it's just been released. I think it's a fascinating insight into humanity. What, what is it, you know, being human, what does it mean to be human? The, the ups and downs, the joy, the, the pain, uh, the love, the hate, success, all that sort of stuff, failure, power, what does it mean to be human? And I think these videos give us an interesting insight into that. Anyway, have a look at it, and then I'll, we'll come back. Yes! Two, one, one. 2016. We all went through it together. And together, we saw excellence. My goodness. We witnessed history. This is not a decision I've taken lightly. And lost heroes. We need somebody in the world to help us make peace. So when I die, if there's a heaven, I want to see it. How are you out, sucker? We don't know what the something is, but we are going to do something that is good. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Together, we found new ways to explore the world around us. And even when we seemed at our most divided, we were still connected. Of course, this is no guarantee that things will be easy. When the world is a smaller place, everything hits closer to home. These families could be our families. In fact, they are our families. And when more people have a voice, we may find we have more to learn. It was of no surprise when I learned that Lauren's final moments were spent protecting others from harm. We live through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall and light from dying embers, remembrances that hope and love last longer. And love is 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 love cannot be killed or swept aside. The answers are not simple. But if there are answers, we think we have a better chance of finding them together. Take me home. 
Facebook as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, interesting. I'll wait till I'm still in uh, Let There Be Light. There we go, thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, interesting insight, don't you think, of what it means to be human. Well, last week we met the baby that changed the world, saves the world. He came to save his people from their sins. And this week, as we once again focus on the Christmas story, Christmas reminds us that God knows what it's like to be human. What we just looked at. God knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be happy, to be sad, to to love, to celebrate. He knows what it's like to get tired. He knows what it's like to work to feel pain and loss, to be humiliated, to be rejected. Why? How? How is it possible that God... Isn't God up there and we're down here? Isn't it like that? How is that possible? How can we say that God knows all those things? Well, keep listening. We're going to look at... uh, We're going to turn back to Matthew's Gospel. We're going to try to answer some of those questions. So, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18... I want to read this section out again for us, 18 to 25, as we uh, think through and a really important phrase we get to in verse uh, 22 and 23. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So today we're going to spend a bit of time in, well, investigating the implications of that important phrase that we see in verse 23. Jesus, Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. A few years back there was... Um, a one-hit wonder song, a number of years back, really, uh, by a girl called Joan Osborne. The song was called One of Us. Fascinating song. It sort of slipped by the wayside a bit in the last sort of five, ten years, maybe. But then more recently, the cast of the TV show Glee, if you watch that show, and I'm sorry if you do. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right. It's a good show. Um, I just don't like it. But they did a cover of it. And, and once again, it raised these really important issues uh, and important questions. Now, let me read some of the words. You've got, I've got them up on the screen there. If God had a face, what would it look like? And would you want to see? What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? So here's, here's, what, here's why I think this song creates some interest. 
Because it asks a question that everyone wants to know the answer to. Everyone does. Joan Osborne included. What is God really like? What's he like? And then can we know him? If God is really there and he exists, then how do we know him? Isn't he just up there and we're down here? What is God really like? Can we know him? Well, the Bible's answer to these questions is really quite straightforward. And again, it comes up in the Christmas story. In fact, the Christmas story is really all about it. The Bible's answer to these questions is Jesus, the baby Jesus. Because God, to quote the song, did become one of us. There's no what ifs. He did become one of us. God, the creator of the universe, humbled himself and became one of us to show us what he's like. And not like one of us either, but one of us, fully human, experiencing all that is to be human. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. We just sang it, didn't we? And his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a store, with the poor and meek and lowly, lived on earth our Saviour holy. So because God became one of us, we can know what God is like. All we need to do is get to know Jesus. Know Jesus, know God. Joan Osborne on the cast of Glee, I hope you're listening. Because it's that simple. If you want to know God, well, the Bible says, get to know Jesus. God as one of us. God with us. And that's the reality of Christmas. It's no fairy tale. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 18 says, we read it a few minutes earlier, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. That's why um, Charles Wesley, one of my favourite hymn writers, penned these words, Vowed in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. So this is what the, this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that we, we don't need to climb some ladder uh, into heaven in order to find God and be with him. No, 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 the Bible actually teaches that, and Christmas reminds us, is that God has come, well, God has come down the ladder, so to speak, in order to meet us. God has come to us, showing us what he's like. We don't have to become like God before we encounter him, because God became like us first. So, the phrase, God with us, means you can know God. Second, and you can follow along your outline too, I've left some gaps there. You can fill them in at your own leisure with a pen. The second point I want to say is that God with us means that God is for us and not against us. There's a little gap missing there on your outline if you do want to write it in. God is for us and not against us. Some years back I coached an under, um, under 13's rugby side and uh, actually I'll just, just check something. Is my microphone on? You can... I don't think it actually is because I'm mucking around with this and nothing's happening. That means we're probably not recording, which is okay. There we go. It is on. All right. It's recording. 
I thought it's come my voice. That's all right. Now, some years back, um, yeah, I coached this under 13's rugby side. And I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to have on my team one of those kids, you know, one of those kids who became an adult around the age of four? Um, <laughs> so this guy is hair everywhere. Very, very hairy. Um, and he was massive. He was bigger than I am at 13 years of age. Uh, strong. His, he would, uh, had this French name as well, which just added to the, the coolness of it all. Um, he just ploughed through everyone. He was the guy you wanted on your team. He was the guy everyone wanted on their team, you know, that sort of guy. He was the guy that he wanted uh, for you and not against you. Now, you'll be glad to know that the phrase God with us tells us that God is for us and not against us. Romans 8.31 says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What are the these things that Paul mentions at the end of Romans chapter 8? What are those these things? That helps us understand what this phrase means, what if God is for us and not against us. Well, in short, I think it's the good news that was announced to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, and Dennis is right, this would have been very scary, uh, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. He could have said, maybe, God is, for, God is for you and not against you. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. Good news. God has sent a saviour. Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. We looked at that last week. So Romans 8 says that for those who trust in the Lord Jesus, well, there's now no condemnation, 8 verse 1. That means that for those who trust in Jesus, they're justified. They're made right with God. They're forgiven. They're set free from sin and its consequences. They're friends with God. In other words, God is for us, not against us. That's for these things. The birth of the Saviour... Jesus tells us of the God who is not unconcerned with our fate as sinners. That's what the birth of Jesus tells us. God is concerned with our fate as sinners. God is purposeful. He's not, he's not lost on a bus. He's no lazy slob either, as Joan Osborne's son. He has a plan and we're all part of it. In the birth of the long-promised Saviour, in his death on the cross and in his resurrection... The Christian person, well, has proof, a guarantee, as Romans 8 goes on to say, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God with us means that God saves us. He saves us from our sin. God with us means that God is for us and not against us. What else does God with us mean? It's a manual. Well, it means that you'll never walk alone. Remember that song? Uh, it's made famous... Well, it, it actually, originally it was part of a musical, I, I believe. And there's, a music te- there's, two, there's, there's music teachers in the room, so it's a bit scary now. Um, <laughs> but I think it was part of the 1940s music, if Wikipedia is right, um, called Carousel. Uh, 
Hey, good, going well so far. Yes, but I, but I think, of course, it's most famous these days because the Liverpool Football Club sing it. Their supporters started singing it at uh, matches following... Um, a, now, here's again my history, see if it's right. They started singing it apparently in the early 1960s when a band... Now, I, I think, it doesn't sound right. Maybe Gary can tell me. The band, I think, was called Gary and the Peacemakers. Yeah. Jerry. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah. Um, so, again, facts aren't that important. And, um, and I won't... There's a bit of an in-joke there, but I won't, won't show you. Explain me later, explain me later on. But... Um, Anyway, Gary, Jerry, Jerry and the Pacemakers. <laughs> Gary sounds so much better, doesn't it? So, in the end, I think every man and his dog has, um, has recorded a, a, a you know, recording of this. Or, or, you know, Barbara Streisand gave it a go. Elvis did it. It's always a hit on X Factor. Um, now, if you've ever been to one of these matches, these soccer matches with Liverpool, it, is, it would, must be an amazing experience. 80,000 to 90,000 people are singing... Uh, at the top of their lungs, supporting the players on the field. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, for your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Pretty stirring words, aren't they? Got to admit. Uh, they're really about friendship, I believe, if you look at the rest of the song, more than anything else. Well, friends, human friendship is one thing, uh, but friendship with God, well, that's, that's another thing altogether. Let me explain why. You see, God promises to us that he is with those who trust in his Son. By believing in Jesus, trusting in his death uh, on the cross, what... What separates us from God, that's the barrier of sin, well, that's broken down when we trust in Jesus. That's taken care of. We're forgiven. We're justified. We're made right. And God draws us to him in Jesus Christ as we put our trust in him. Now, at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, as we, as we just read, really, we find that Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. It's the fulfilment of a prophecy from Isaiah 7. You can look it up later on if you like. God with us by the supernatural conception in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Now if we flick to the end of Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 28 verse 20, following the resurrection, before Jesus' ascension, he's speaking to his disciples, his followers, and he's sending his disciples into the world to make disciples, to teach, to baptise, to obey everything I've, he has commanded. Uh, and then, then look what he says next I've got it up on the screen there he says and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age do you see what's going on here do you see what message we're getting if you trust in the Lord Jesus and we give our life over to him being a disciple following Jesus the promise of God is that God is with us always and that promise is part of, the Christian uh, part of the Christmas message. The little baby Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus teaches that those who follow him, who believe in him, receive Jesus' spirit 
in him. A helper, John 14 says, an advocate to be with you forever. That's Jesus' words. It's a great assurance. It's a great comfort. God with us. God with you. So if you're lonely this Christmas, maybe friends and family are far away. Maybe friends and family no longer friends and family. Maybe relationships broken down even. Friends and family we desperately miss. Then you need to hear the words of Jesus. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in Jesus, you'll never walk alone. Jesus has won you forgiveness by his death on the cross. He has promised his spirit in you. And God, by his grace, has drawn you near to him. In Jesus, you never walk alone. Well, finally, number four on your outline there. We're not, therefore, talking about a God who stands off from his world, are we? Aloof and distant from our problems, who's unmoved by our lives. See, if you love the Lord Jesus, you're in a relationship with the God who has entered into our human situation, who has become one of us, who knows firsthand what it's like to be frail, to miss loved ones, to live and die. He knows firsthand about suffering, about joy. He knows what it's like to be human. So parents, tell your kids, God knows what it's like to be a kid. God knows. He knows what it's like to be a 10-year-old boy. He knows what it's like to be in a family. He knows what it's like to have brothers and sisters, all the good things and all the bad things. And he knows what it's like to be a teenager, to take risks. God knows what it's like to do that. He knows what it's like to be a grown-up as well. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to live. God knows what it's like to be human. Hebrews 2 says that God can empathise with us. Empathise means he's been there and done that. Now I think that makes all the difference when it comes to us when we follow him in obedience. It makes all the difference when Christians seek to obey him. God is not detached from our lives. He's intimately interested in our world and how we live in this world. Our actions toward others. He's intimately interested in our love, our joy, our kindness and so on. God has been there and done that. He gets it. He understands it. Understands how hard it is too sometimes. God with us means that God is interested in our world and how we live in it. Okay, well let's, let's tie a few things together. Um, let me close with this. This is a great little cartoon. Hopefully, I'm a big fan of this artist, so I'll read the bottom. It says, um, Donning his new canine decoder, Professor Schwartzman becomes the first human being on earth to hear what barking dogs are actually saying. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, nothing. They're saying nothing. Dogs are saying, they're saying, hey, 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 hey. I love it. 
Do dog owners, of course, cats are saying full sentences, they're different. Um, <laughs> yep, a few nods around the room. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Uh, that's only my dog. See, now the thing is, sometimes we think that when it comes to understanding God and our relationship with God, we can fall into a misunderstanding that Gary Larson in this cartoon is illustrating with humans and dogs. Dogs don't get us and we don't understand dogs. God doesn't understand us and we don't understand God. He's distant. He's up there. He's disconnected. That's the trap we can fall into. But that's not what the Christmas story is about at all. That's not what the Bible says. The good news about Christmas and the truth is that God does understand us. He's shown himself to us. He has intervened in this world. He has become one of us. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. So let's pray to him now, shall we? Our loving Father, we, we thank you that you sent your only son, Emmanuel, into this world, that by him we can know you. We're sorry that sometimes we forget this at Christmas and get carried away with other stuff. Thank you for your forgiveness and love, the reason Jesus came into the world. Thank you that by Jesus' birth and his death and resurrection, we can know that you are with us and nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you, God, that you are intimately interested in our world. Fill us with generosity and humility, especially to those who find Christmas a tough time. Thank you that as we trust in Jesus, we will never walk alone. Help us to do that from this day forth. Amen. Well, I forgot to remind you at the start, but we do have a... I do give a few moments to uh, ask a question, to make a comment. Um, please... Don't forget in your bulletin, I'll give you a moment to think about that as well, but in your, in your bulletin there's a tear-off slip, a comment card, and you can put it in the white boxes just at the back there. Um, if you'd like me to contact you for any reason, or you'd like your, there's a few boxes to, to tick there, if you'd like to talk about becoming a Christian, um, if you'd like to uh, have your details added to the church uh, database and so on, or any other comments or questions, please use that. That's a really important thing for us to use. Okay, I'll 